Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. When Tiger Woods won his 14th major in 2008 at the U.S. Open, there was no way he wasn't catching Jack Nicklaus. Well, guess what? He's still stuck on 14, and he's turning 40 years old. Tiger Woods is turning 40 years old on December 30th. Welcome into the Tiger at 40 podcast. Jay Coffin here alongside Ryan Lavner, Rex Hoggard, and Mercer Bags. Thanks for joining us. Tiger Woods, boys. 40 years old. I mean, it's where, where has the time gone? Look, we've got this big special project on GolfChannel.com, celebrating Tiger, everything about him. Who is Tiger Woods? What's he doing? What's up next? His influence on all the young ones. Why do we love Tiger? We've got the big package on GolfChannel.com. But let's start right now first with Tiger Woods. Look, he's been in the public eye basically for 35 years, right, since the Mike Douglas show on a much bigger scale over the last 20, 25 years. But the big question, and there's a question that you dive into a little bit, Mercer, so I'll go with you first. Who is Tiger Woods? Yeah, and, you know, considering we didn't get a chance to talk to Tiger that much about it, you know, he, he didn't want to talk too much about Tiger Woods, but we talked to those who really know him, people like John Cook and Nota Begay, and, you know, they had a lot of positive things to say about him, things that you would expect, that he's kind of a buddy, the kind of guy you want to hang out with the golf course, have dinner with. Um, <clears throat> Nota talked about, you know, his uh, father, being a father, being a great father, and, uh, you know, raising, being a single parent and kind of uh, helping raise his two kids. And then the philanthropy side and how he's, he's done a great job with his foundation. So they, you know, a lot of the people who talked about him presented a very positive side of Tiger Woods. And I think, you know, when you read some of the articles, you'll see, you'll see that side that you don't always see of Tiger. So it's, you know, he's like everybody else. You get two sides. You get a, you get a positive and you get a negative. And, uh, you know, they, they paint a very rosy picture of Tiger. And so it's a, so it's a, it's a question... You know, I think you set it up right there. It's Tiger Woods. Who is Tiger Woods? Well, we asked Tiger Woods who Tiger Woods is, and Tiger Woods didn't want to tell us who Tiger Woods was. So exactly. we asked other people who Tiger Woods was. But, Rex, nobody has seen him play more golf than you over the last eight years for sure, and probably even more 10 to 12 years. Who do you know who Tiger Woods is? Uh, uh, I'm a writer. You're an editor. So we've got to be completely out front on this. I thought the best answer that I've heard from this came from Brandel Chambly. We were filming some shows there towards the end of the year, and he had a great take. It's really easy to sit down and talk about who Tiger Tiger Woods was, right? The greatest golfer of his era, maybe the greatest of all time. I mean, that's a debate for another time. It's really hard, almost impossible. And you did a very good job in your story of talking about who he is right now, because I think who he is right now is very much a mystery. It's a question mark. We always, we sit and talk about going into the future. My part of that story was, you know, what's next? What do the 40s hold? You have no idea, because he has no idea. The fact of the matter is, he's barely walking around the last time we saw him at the World Challenge. There's no way to know, going forward, how he's going to be competitively. I had never heard him talk. 
in such nostalgic terms about his legacy. And when he won in 2008, we, we tried to bait him. We tried to get him to come out of the shell and compare this one to 97 at the Masters or something else. Wouldn't do it because he never looked back. It was always forward. At the World Challenge in December, injuries hanging over his head, 40th birthday hanging over his head, he really talked about his career. Yeah. If this is it, the rest is gravy. I've had a good 20 years. I, I've accomplished a lot of things. Had never heard that from Tiger Woods. So whoever he is, he's entering a new phase, that's for sure. If we had this show in September, the tone would be decidedly different. Before Tiger goes, undergoes another back surgery and he just came off a good performance at the Wyndham, everything seemed to be going the right direction. Now everything's up in the air. I mean, that... that Hero World Challenge news conference literally changed everything. You don't know if he's ever going to play again. Was that it, or was it the third back surgery in less than two years? I mean, I, I know what he said. Yes, but we hear one of that. We haven't heard from him for three months, yeah. and to finally hear him speak in those kind of tones, like it was a funeral, it was certainly shocking. Yeah, he's it definitely a guy a, who, whose priorities have changed. And when he talked about what his goals were for next year, he wasn't really even talking about trying to get back and play his. Priority was to get back, exactly, quality of life, be able to play with his kids as opposed to playing on tour. All right, we'll talk a little bit about his career, but you guys are talking about that, that news conference down uh, earlier this month down at the Hero World Challenge. Let's check in a little bit and listen to Tiger in his own words. I think pretty much everything you know, beyond this has been, will be gravy. You know, I've won, you know, I've, I've passed Jack on an all-time you know, win list. Uh, I'm just shy of of Sam. I passed Sam basically a decade ago in major championships. Um, but I'm still shy of Jacks. Um, so I've, I've had a pretty good career from my 20s and 30s. Uh, for my 20 years out here, I, I think I've, I've achieved a lot. And uh, if that's what all it entails, then I've had a pretty good run. All right, so there you have it from Tiger. Now, let's we'll talk a little bit more about what's next coming up just a little bit later. But let's let's talk about the Tiger Woods that we want to talk about, the Tiger Woods that we that we want good. to remember, <laughs> the one who hit the golf shots and everything. So let's break down Tiger Woods' career, which you know, look, it, it can't be done in 45 minutes. We can sit here for five hours and talk about everything. But let's let's sort of break it down with everything that he accomplished: the majors, the victories, the the majors in a row, you know, the victories in a year and everything. Let's just throw out his most impressive record. So, Ryan, I'll, I'll start with you. To you, Tiger Woods' most impressive record in his career is? Uh, certainly think, I think there's three. I think, obviously, winning four majors in a row is probably something we're not going to see for uh, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, here's, here's a new one that came out last year. Of all these Tiger stats, through 1999 to 2000, he beat the field, the field scoring average, 89 consecutive rounds. He didn't have a blow-up round where he shot 75 on a day where that was perhaps right for scoring. He beat the field average 89 consecutive days. That's unfathomable. That's I mean, never been going to be had, touched. would factor into that. Absolutely. I mean, it just helped. How dominant he was during yeah, the stretch. The cuts, I, yeah, yeah, I love in that clip that we had to put 14-time major champion second on the all-time list. Like that one, no one knows that one. Like we're just going to have to sit and think about that one. Uh, there was one that I dug up that kind of stood out to me. And he had 14 years where he won multiple times on the PGA Tour. That, to me, is mind-boggling, because you think about the course of his career. At that point, it was only 16 years, so only twice did he not win multiple times. And it, it, hearing Jordan speak, talk at the end of the year. Mercer, you were there talking about how hard this year was, physically, mentally, yes. everything that goes into it. To do that year in and year out, to show up every single week, you pointed out the scoring average, 
But that's the part that impresses me the most. The majors are fantastic. Everything else he's done in his career will blow you away. But the fact he was able to do it for the better part of a decade and a half, that's what blows you away. Spieth had a Tiger year this year. Now he just has to do it for the next 12 years, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and that would be a pretty, pretty good career. Yeah, you talk about the consistency. My favorite is the, the cuts made. That is 142. And now you can say, well, there are a lot of tournaments that had no cut. And granted, there are a handful that he can take. But Still. the fact is, he did not miss a cut from 1998 to 2005. Insanity. Which is amazing. Now, you could conceivably think that somebody down the line, maybe they win four majors in a row. Maybe. That they, you know, 30, speak, like you said, 20, speak, almost one, 30, it's, yeah, it's possible. It, yeah. But 142 consecutive cuts made or... Bring not missing it, a cut for seven years. every single week. And 14 majors. That's, that's, the, that's the thing with me, too, that, that you guys say is that, and it's not a sta the most, the most the most impressive thing to me was that he woke up every day for that amount of time and wanted to beat the crap out of every single person he ever looked at, which goes to what you guys were all saying. He wanted to beat up. He had more money than anybody, endorsement money, on money, more fame, more anything, and he still wanted to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go run and work out and beat five buckets of Blake. Like, that's, that's crazy talk. I mean, because you can make millions by finishing 12th on the PGA Tour, and he could not care less about that. It was number one or bust, and he did it for so long. Yeah, his motivation. I, I don't think we've it's ever crazy. seen anybody who had motivation like no. he did. Not, not in golf, anyway. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Most memorable shot by Tiger Woods. There were many. And I'm going to go back to that last major, the 08 U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. When he sinks that last putt on the 72nd the bumpy hole, one. The, the bumpy sure. one, I mean, it's bouncing around. There's no way that putt should have dropped. Everything that was on the line, I mean, he's playing basically on one leg for the week, knowing that if he makes this putt, I've got another 18 holes at least that I, I mean, everything, just the moment that it's set up and for him to do it under that stage i mean i can't imagine it being any better for him the 97 masters everything he did there was fantastic but it's that putt that stands out yeah i would say the chip in on 16 2005 masters that was my 18th birthday oh. i was sitting on the couch i was eating potato skins that my mom had made me <laughs> that chip shot went in he used the bank it rolled in i swear to god i jumped off the couch and hit the ceiling with my fist that was just a little rug rat at that, and, and at that now, time. And ten years later, you're here talking about it? Exactly. I mean, that was that was the most incredible shot I think I've ever seen. Was the last time your mom made you potato skins? It was, but that was, that was actually the last time I was, I was home, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those moments that you remember where you were. Yep. That's, that's a significant moment. Mine would be the 97 Masters win, because that was the first major dating myself, uh, being a 40-year-old now, back when I started the Golf Channel. Uh, 97 Masters, watching Tiger win it here, win by 12 shots. Uh, something, again, another one of those moments that you never forget where you were when that what final What was the shot, fell. though? What was the, there was no memorable was, shot from that one. No, it was just, it was that Sunday, being in the office and getting all of the highlights together, knowing it was significant, knowing it was historic, and then waiting to see how it was going to finish because he had this huge lead. And then you had, on Friday night, you had Colin Montgomery saying, you know, uh, let's, let's don't just coordinate this kid right now. And then Tiger just whacks him on Saturday. And then Colin Montgomery is completely regretful of what he had to say. Yeah. And then he's got this huge lead going in. He beats Tom Kite by 12 shots on Sunday. And then you listen to all these people talking about him afterwards. So it, it wasn't one shot, but it was the moment. And it was probably that final putt where he does the spin, and then he walks off and he, he, he hugs his dad. And, and a real quick story. I talked to Lance Barrow, the CBS coordinating producer for golf and the NFL, and he was the coordinating producer for that Masters. That was the first Masters he ever did. And he told, his, he told the guys in the production meeting beforehand, it doesn't matter 
What else is going on on the golf course? We're going to show every single one of Tiger's shots live. We're going to follow him on all of the important walks from 9 to 10, over all the bridges, 16, 18. Every single walk we're going to show him, and we're not going to say a thing just because they knew that this moment was significant yeah. in the history of golf. Yeah, I think that's crazy, too. You think about all the memorable shots, too, the ones that you guys mentioned are obviously at the top of the list, but the Canadian Open, the Bob May PGA, the better than most putt. I mean, you, you can certainly, <laughs> there's certainly you a lot of yeah, top yes. ten list, and, and you can have about a 20-way tie for ten. Well, go the other way. I mean, think of the shots that stand out. And I, I'm, I'm standing on the first tee at Royal Liverpool the year he puts on that clinic, you know, without hitting a driver, hitting a one-iron all over the lot. And his very first tee shot is left of left. I mean, I have never seen it. T shot that far left on that hole, and we're looking at each other trying to figure out what, what, what is because he was the preemptive favorite. I mean, of course, he was going to win this thing. He, you know, he was the best long iron player in the game, had the guest game, had the best game plan, and it's just off the map. And you're thinking, where did like that always come? on the first tee, like always yeah. on the first tee, that became a, yeah. a, a tradition. Unto its own after. <laughs> I had a tee shot one inch uh, just about a week ago. I've seen that would have been now. That was also no, something not two an inch. I hit a tee shot <laughs> an inch and still won the hole, by the way. But hey, that's neither here nor there. All right, best win. There are a gazillion, I'm sure it's going to be a major. Mercer will go with you. Best win is it the 97 Masters? No, I'm going with 2001 Masters, okay. completing the Tiger oh, yeah, Slam. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't think that there was any more pressure on him than totally. there was on that moment. To uh, the because, whole off season to think about. Exactly, it. that's the thing. You yeah. win, you win the 2000 PGA, and you've got six, seven, seven months before you're playing Just your next major. So much can go wrong between now and then. And then he goes in there, and he's got the lead going into Sunday. He's got some pretty stiff competition, even though nobody really gave him a run on Sunday. But it wasn't so much about the competition he had to beat. It was he had to really handle his nerves, his emotions, and history, and he did it. I think that was the most significant win. Let's, let's not overthink this. The guy won a U.S. Open by 15 shots, just completely demoralized the field. That's got to be 1A. 1B is winning a U.S. Open on a broken leg. <laughs> just go ahead and throw that out there on a brutal golf course, Torrey Pines. That's 1B. Against Rocco, no less. Sure. And you had to play with Rocco during that playoff on exactly. Monday, so you got an earful about it. Uh, I'm going to go with, you're absolutely right, so it's, you got to factor in the pressure, right? So there's a performance sure. factor here that, you know, you got to go beyond the scoring. Uh, his next major. The next major that he wins oh, yeah. will be the one that really well, hammers well, him. So oh, he's not a best win. I'll even say his next win. <laughs> I mean, watching this him. Is, this is the tangent portion of the uh, podcast yeah. brought to you by. Can we, can we sponsor son, the tangent? We're going, we're going right historical there. here. We're not looking in the future. No, I'm saying watching him in Greensboro. And watching, he should have won that. I mean, if it was Tiger Woods from three years ago, he would have won Except that. Except he tripled the 11th hole. Well, no, he, he, that was over long before that. It was over by the third hole. You could tell that he just didn't have it. His next win, regardless if it's a major, if it's Greensboro, whatever the case may be, that'll be the one that'll what stand out. What if there is not one? I don't believe that. Now, we okay, can have that debate later, but I don't believe that. He still is uh, the most talented guy on the PGA Tour. Whether if he's uh, the most dedicated or the healthiest, absolutely not. But right now, he's still the most talented. Think about pressure. That 2010 Masters coming back from... All right. Five months off? Yeah. I'll pressure that one, too. All right. Let's talk about a little bit of the influence on on the younger generation. And, Lav, we'll go to you. This is a story that, that you wrote for us on GolfChannel.com. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the about Spieth. And, you know, he won two majors this year. How can he follow it up and what's going to go on there? But these guys, you know, Jason Day, Tiger Woods is Jason Day's idol. Jordan Spieth doesn't know what life is like without Tiger Woods. You know, same with Ricky, Rory. These guys... They really hardly know what life is like without without Tiger Woods. They sure don't know what golf is like without Tiger Woods. So, so Lav, help us out here and just sort of the Tiger effect on these younger guys and how they're, you know, he's he's his supremacy. He's just been on top of these guys and shown them just how to do it 
he basically has helped them pave the way for them to yeah, this point. He's, now, right? he's effectively trained a new generation yeah. of golfers, and there's a lot of different facets of this of the story. There's a lot with the fitness aspect and how college golf has really boomed. And Tiger was just at the, the part of golf's history where equipment was changing, so he kind of benefited from that. But the phrase you heard over and over when you talk to these players is that Tiger made golf cool. You have to remember that these are 7- to 12-year-olds watching golf, and it wasn't just that he was winning by 15 shots. It was the manner that he was doing it, fist-pumping it, uh, bringing emotion, electricity that golf had really never seen before, perhaps besides Arnold Palmer. But it was just, it was just different with Tiger. He made golf cool. He made golf seem like other sports, and that was really appealing to a, to a lot of younger players. He made it cool. He made it mean. He made it physical. He made it all of these things that it hadn't been before. He brought athletes into the game. Dustin Johnson probably should have played another sport. Let's be honest. Yeah. He's a great Brooks athlete. Could be a Brooks tight end. Kepka, I mean, Tony like Finau. These guys yeah. are, are big, physical. They should have been linebackers or power forwards. Yeah. Instead, he they got gravitated towards golf because of what Tiger did from his physical presence of it. And beyond that. If you look at, I think Roy McIlroy is an interesting case study. Roy has really mirrored his career off of what Tiger does. He signed with Nike, kind of made a, an inner circle like Tiger did. The one thing that he hasn't done is make it mean. Roy is still a genuinely nice guy. Tiger made it personal. He did not want yes. to be these guys' friends. I mean, he, he brought it to a very new level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Exhibit A on that is him being paired with uh, Phil Mickelson at the Ryder. There's, there's no way that I am going to play nice. You know, I hate Rex Hoggard for 51 weeks a year, and I'm trying to beat his brains out. Yeah. But now, I know we're but putting now we're the red, buddy. white, and blue on, but I, yeah. I just or can't, suck it, up for, no way. I can't no. suck it up for four or five days. Yeah, I, I think that's one thing that you see with the guys that you didn't see with Tiger, and that's the relationship with the media. You see guys like Spieth and Day and Fowler and, and Rory, and they are very cordial with the media. They're very open. They'll sit there, and you can ask them a question, and they'll not only give you an, an answer, but they'll expound on it. Mm -hmm. they're, they're very open, and then after the, the interview's over, they'll sit back and they'll let you approach them kind of in that scrum area that everybody kind of goes to to get their own quotes, and they're, they're very open about it. And that's something that, that Tiger did not do. Tiger was very standoffish towards the he media. He created a whole aura he right. rolled off of, so of, of intimidation. Exactly. So we're glad that th this They take like all the good parts of Tiger. They did all the, yes. the best yeah. parts of him. Right. They're just not, you know, they just don't have that many years under their belt like Tiger had to. And, and they also don't have, as much as everybody wants a piece of Jordan Spieth, and he's got a pretty good idea of what, you know, of what Tiger Woods went through. Tiger Woods went through that for, has gone through and that And his, his was, was times his 10. Yes. I mean, to be fair to yeah. Tiger, and, and it was difficult to talk to him, you're right, in the, whether if it was the media scrum or whatever the case may be, he didn't have a lot of friends on the PGA Tour. He walled himself off. To be fair, you kind of had to do that. Oh, you yeah, can imagine. The pressure, the intensity, he was under. Yeah. 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 All right, so we talk about some of these young, youngsters. We have some sound from some of them weighing in on, their, on Tiger's influence over them and their careers. There's nobody who had more influence um, in my golf game than Tiger. Just kind of the way of uh, that he was able to kind of get into contention and be in contention and be at that highest kind of mental um, part of the game week in and week out and major in and major out. And, uh, you know, he did what we were able to do kind of this season. He did for 15 years straight, you know. It's just it took a lot out of us this year. And to imagine doing that, you know, which is what obviously is the goal, um, it's it's really special. Tiger really, you know, 
proved that fitness is a big deal in this game and um, you, you can see with how he trained and how he looked and, and how he performed that it definitely helped him and you know he was uh, he was the guy you know that we all looked up to and all wanted to, to try and copy and that's what he was doing so that's what we did definitely being healthy out here is a big thing if you can uh, avoid injury it's almost inevitable you're gonna you're gonna get hurt at some point I mean there's so much stress that's put on the body um, there's a lot of guys that deal with it so um, making sure the body's moving properly that you're strong in the, in the right areas uh, can it can make a difference it's just pushed us harder to practice harder and play harder and you know it, it definitely shows because all the younger guys now are kind of stepping up and you know winning on the PGA Tour and having chances so it's just one of the things that uh, you know, you grow up, you watch somebody like that who dominates, you just try to copy kind of the things he did on the golf game and off the golf course in the gyms that helped him prepare for golf. You know, what he also did was put a boatload of money in those guys' pockets, right? Yeah. About the, the, the purses from you and you and I in the, the mid to late 90s started covering golf until now, until now man, they were 100% tied. The great Joe Ogilvy line that we should all cut him a piece of our check yeah. for media, yeah. players, whatever the case may Yeah, Payne Stewart did that back in 1998, standing on the driving range at Disney. Where they're like, hey, look, I know you've, you've answered Tiger Woods questions all year. Like, hey, I'll answer another right. thousand Tiger Woods questions if you want because that guy's putting money in my pocket and everybody else's pocket up and down the range. So anytime we get a Tiger Woods question, we should answer a Tiger Woods question. That was before Tiger Woods was Tiger Woods. What do all of those guys have in common? The fact that they've burst on the scene in the last five years when Tiger was down, whether it's because of scandal or injury. They've all kind of entered into this vacuum that was created by, by Tiger and Phil's kind of disappearing act, so to speak. They're all young. They're all aggressive. They all have the mindset that, like they want to make a lot of birdies no matter the test. And they're tournament tested, having proved themselves in college and amateur golf. When they yeah. get on the PGA Tour, there's absolutely no fear. There's absolutely yeah. no intimidation because there isn't a Tiger-like figure at the top of the game. Well, yeah. And I can't help but wonder what it would be like if they played when Tiger was in his prime. Because mm -hmm. the guys that Tiger beat down in his prime you were Hall of Fame players. Say Ells, yeah, I mean, EJ, Davis, Love, Phil, yeah. Phil might be one of the even, best even players ever if it wasn't for Tiger. Is exactly right. I mean, you right. guys know how good Phil Mickelson is. I mean, right. it's ridiculous how good he is. And yeah, I'm not Tiger's convinced that, that if you take Rory and Spieth and Jason Day and you put them back in the early 2000s, that Tiger would not have done the exact same to them and complete. That they would, they would have won their tournaments and they would have won their majors and some of them may have had Hall of Fame careers, but he wouldn't have demoralized them as well because I don't think, no matter how good. Spieth and Day and McIlroy and these guys get, they'll ever compare to how good Tiger yeah, was. Because they're just beating themselves at there, this point. There yeah. is a, a cautionary tale in there. And there was a common theme of all of that sound we just heard from the young players about bringing the physical part, bringing the fitness part, part of it. it. There was a tipping point that Tiger reached. Hank Haney has talked about it. I spoke with Marco Mira. He talked about it where he may he probably took the fitness too far. Let's yeah. be honest. There was something yeah. that, that he Definitely. did that just wasn't right for the golf swing, wasn't right for his mm -hmm. body. I think all of those players are going to have to learn from that as well, just like they learned everything else from them and realize that, look, you, you can only become so fit. You can only hit the golf ball so far. There's only so many things you can do to prepare for this game and that there is a point of diminishing returns. I'll be interested to see how that plays out over the next five or ten years for a guy like Ricky and a guy like Rory. Yeah. Well, Tiger's body in 2000 is the perfect golf body. Tiger's body at yeah. Oakmont. Yeah. Did not look like a golfer. He looked like a safety in the NFL. All right, you're, we're listening to the Tiger at 40 podcast here. Jay Coffin here alongside Mercer Bags, Ryan Labner, and 
What's your name? Rex Hoggard. Tiger Woods turns 40 on December 30th. So let's talk about it now. We've talked about his career, his influence on all the younger ones. Let's talk about Tiger himself right now. Let's talk about a little bit about this year and the injuries and the yips and the glutes and, and now sort of looking forward what to what to expect. I mean, Rexy, you, you were out there. You've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly from this guy this year more than ever before. Where, where do we go from here? I mean, you know, 10 short months ago, the guy was sculling it across greens in Phoenix like you and me. Yeah, well, you'd have to activate the glutes. There's clearly something that, that you have to get right there. Uh, it's the ultimate qualifier when I wrote that story. And Mercer, I'm sure you ran into it when you wrote your story. If he's healthy. Yeah. They, right. Throw that right. out in the beginning right. of every yeah. sentence. Yeah. If he's healthy, he can do X, Y, Z. If he's not, he's going to do A, B, C. Because there's simply no way around it. Uh, if he's healthy, I think that there is still a future for him. If he's healthy, the one thing that kind of I got caught up writing the story, and I think is the, the ultimate qualifier here is, and I went back to when he showed up at Isleworth, Mark Romero was just turning 40, John Cook was just turning 40. Romero talked about, I'm not winning those two majors at 41 years old if it's not for Tiger Woods. He motivated me. He gave me something to play for. I don't know that Tiger has that motivation. Whether if it's to prove something to his kids, to prove all the people who said that he can't do it now wrong. I don't know if he has that motivation because it's always it's the greatest misnomer in the game. The Tiger could just lop up at every event and win by 15 strokes. Yeah. We never saw the work. We never saw the effort or the dedication. And I don't know that he has that now. That'll be, beyond his injuries, that'll be the thing that either puts him over the top or sends him into retirement. And Hank Haney's been talking about that for years, exactly. that Tiger's yeah. motivation yeah. is not what it was. Not just the motivation for, for Tiger Rex, I think it's his competition now. I mean, it's not, like, it's not the fact that he can just get healthy and play Tiger's game and it's going to be good enough to win five, six, seven times on the PGA Tour anymore. He still has to beat Rory and Jason and Jordan at the best of their game. If, if Tiger plays at his best, where does it stack up if those guys have their A game? Well, and if those guys don't have their A game, you still have guys like Justin Rose and Adam Sky, Hendricks. I mean, you still, you, you're going to have to, Tiger Woods is going to have to get back to a spot where he can get to a place where he can play well, where all those other top 20 players in the world play terribly that same week. It's hard and he's got to get through all of his scar tissue and his yes. demons. It's, it's a lot yes. to ask. Or just play the time, either way. Yeah, play, yeah. It's, it's going to take time, too, because, like you said, if he's healthy. Well, even if he is healthy, say, say he comes back right before the Masters and he is healthy and doesn't have any more issues, then he has to go through the whole process again. We're going to hear the same stuff at all the news conferences. Well, it's a process. I've got to get my reps. You know, I'm not able to play enough. He, you know, he's going to say, well, I'm playing a lot, but it's actually three tournaments in you know, an eight-week span. Yeah. You know, so he's got to get his reps. He's not playing enough. He's got to find his new form with his new swing. Who knows if he's working? I don't know. Is he working with Como anymore? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And so it's going to be a process, and I don't I don't know if he's going to get back to being not even a five-win guy, but like a one or two-win guy. And does he want to do that? Right, for that's at it. least a and year. That's if he wants yeah, to do that's it. The, does, he, does he want to do it? And I've talked about this earlier, even this year, is, you know, does he? So you talk about the motivation, but, but even... But would he? I mean, this is the greatest champion of our generation who there's no way in hell the guy's ever going to be a ceremonial golfer. So is he, if in the back of his mind, there's 10% doubt. I mean, there's never been any doubt in this guy's mind much before this year, I wouldn't think. Is, is he okay with getting back to a place to put himself out there again 
to continue to miss cuts like he did this? I mean, that, you know, you're not necessarily going to tarnish a legacy because he did what he did, right? What he did is in the record books, but I don't want to see a 40, 41-year-old Tiger Woods struggling to make cuts over the next five years. I don't want to see it. You see it in every single sport, though. Kobe Bryant, should Peyton, he be out there on the Peyton, NBA Peyton court? Manning. Probably not. Peyton Manning. He's throwing a lot of interceptions. Same thing with it. Derek Jeter. He's batting 250 or something in his last season. People don't want to see that, but to them, they still believe that the they have the magic been. once, yeah. they can bring it back, whether it's for mm -hmm. a few weeks, a month, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Well, and he's still a draw. I mean, being at Wyndham, watching what he did there, 8 o'clock, off the 10th tee at the Wyndham Championship on a Thursday afternoon, and the fairways were lined, five deep. The ratings were through the roof. Now, granted, he played well. That factors into it as well. But he is still a draw. People still want to see him. Maybe they want to see him just to see maybe there's going to be another crash. Maybe they want to see him try to win again. Whatever the case may be, he's still the engine that moves the wheel in golf. Well, and that leads me, though, to sort of one of the things that's another story that, that Ryan wrote about. Why do we still love, love Tiger Woods? Let's talk about this for a little bit. What, why do we still love Tiger Woods? The collective we. So is it, is it because he was, because what you talked about, he was this proud champion. We think it's still in there. Is it the people who don't like him are excited to see him not break 80 and miss cuts? The ratings are off the, are just through the roof whenever he's playing. Our, our traffic, our page views, our video views, everything on our website benefits tenfold when he's in the field. Why do the collective we still love Tiger Woods? Yeah, I, I think it's just because of what he did in the past. I think when you watch him now, you're not necessarily expecting him to do anything great. You don't know what he's going to do. But especially in person, you want to be at that event to say, I saw Tiger Woods play. It's the same thing watching Michael Jordan at the end of his career. Just to be in the arena and say, I saw Michael Jordan play. Look, I think that is significant. This is all predicated on what he did before. You're absolutely yeah. right. The 14 majors, everything he accomplished. But in sports, in American society, there's nothing better than the reclamation project. Everybody wants to see it. You want to see the Phoenix rise up. That's why we watch John Daly, right? We know it's not going to happen now with John Daly. But the fact is, everybody wants to see that reclamation project. who would have project. possibly thought that Tiger Woods would somehow become an underdog that story? Guy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the remarkable thing. That's why people tuned into the Wyndham. The third round of the Wyndham Championship mm -hmm. drew the same ratings as comparable rounds for the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open. So whoever says that people don't care about Tiger, focus on the young guys, here's proof that people still do care. They want to see someone rise up from scandal, injury. There's just hope now for people. They want to, they want to be inspired by someone who, who was so memorable and you so great. You don't think Davis Love? Drew people off to the golf course during that. That it was not a it was not a Davis Love III effect. Beating <laughs> Tiger Woods, I didn't know. So now, uh, and I I agree with all this, but now let's talk about a little bit about like what we were talking about earlier with you know his his press conference at the Hero World Challenge earlier or earlier this month, and how his priorities have changed. Now it's more kids. If he went, if anything over the over this is is gravy. Just everything has changed. I mean, people are still going to love him, but now he has all these different priorities. This is a different Tiger Woods today than it was just three weeks ago, right? Well, definitely three years ago when he had, you know, 2013. Well, when three he had weeks that, ago when he, you know, three weeks the entire, ago. The he entire got, narrative he has changed. With the, the PGA Championship and even at Greensboro, and it was, you know, I'm still, I'm close, I'm doing all this. And now it's everything's everything from here on rex is gravy because we get answers like i don't know what's next that's the that's the aggravating part we get these answers that you don't know where where it's going to go because he's always spun things that i'll be fine i'll get through this it's been the same thing with the knee that was one thing he knew he could outwork that this is the back yeah. I, I think he's finally come to the realization that 
maybe I can't work my way through this. No, maybe I surreal, can't grind this one out. It's a little surreal being at that news conference and listening to him talk and just kind of sitting there and going, whoa, is he really saying this? That's yeah. uh, well, really depressing <laughs> what he's talking about. But, you know, I got a chance to talk to Noda Begay, and he talked about Tiger being a father, and we talked about practice and dedication. You know, he's a, when he's a single dad, it's children first, and when he goes to practice, he takes the kids out with him to the range. And they sit out there and they watch, and I assume they probably play on their iPads and stuff while he goes out and hits balls. But it's not nearly what it used to be. So, you know, he's obviously he's not the only person who's a father, but he is balancing being a single dad and trying to be whatever type of competitor he wants to be now. Yeah, I mean, Tiger's certainly growing up, right? It's not the, the second sucks or whatever was driving him for, for 15 years. It's the maturation of a player that we've seen dominate the sport like never before. To me, it's still the guy who's, who's trying to change narratives here. I mean, he, it's, he doesn't want his narrative to be defined by self-destruction. Whether PR move right here. Exactly. PR he wants to be known I as... I wonder when the cynical journalist was going to come out. Oh, he's, he's been here the whole time. He just came he's out. Just, he's just, just recently. That's it. He wants to be known as the proud champion who won 14 majors and 79 PGA Tour events and he gave it his all but injuries just robbed him of his talent. It wasn't anything he did. It wasn't breaking down swings that we're winning at 45% win rates. Mm -hmm. It was the fact that injuries got the best of them. That's, that's the tone that Tiger's trying to strike right now. I asked someone once, and it's been within the last year, if, if it ever got brought up, this person was close to Tiger Woods, uh, if it ever got brought up that maybe if he played a little bit more like Jim Furyk, and less like Tiger Woods from 2005, that maybe he'll knock off a couple wins a year, maybe even get you know that 15th, 16th major. Did that ever get brought up? And the answer was no the way this person said he couched it to him was, you're still Mario Andretti, you just don't find, drive the fastest car, you need to figure out how to get it around the track in the most efficient manner. Tiger doesn't drive Ford Fusions, though. That's, the, that's not the not. style of, he style of game he's ever played. Yeah, I don't think no. that message always full well. throttle. Yeah. All right, so now let's look forward a little bit. We've talked about a little bit in that crystal ball here thing. I'm not asking for real for predictions per se, but when we're sitting here doing the Tiger at 45 podcast, <laughs> Right? When we're doing the time. No, okay. I'm just asking. In okay. five years. For, in, well, I, I don't, I'd like to think. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, this is the positive J here, Rex. When we're sitting here doing the Tiger at 45 podcast in five years from now, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about him playing the Masters at 46 and how cool it would be if he would get that 15th major, <laughs> more than likely, at the Masters where Jack did his last one. Because I don't, it, at the rate now, you're absolutely right. The narrative changed so much over the last three weeks. You just don't know. There's too much uncertainty. And the fact that, he was so open on it. He seemed down, depressed, whatever word you want to use. It, it doesn't give you much hope going forward. We, I can't tell you. We can't tell you when we think he's going to win because we don't know when he's going to play. That's yeah. exactly right. Because right now he's, he hasn't hit a golf shot in, in ages. It's impossible right? to place hard, expectations on walking. him this year. It for, is, right. For, I mean, you, for you this year, You can't absolutely. even do for, for 2016 to place expectations The only thing we know for sure he's going to be vice captain at the Ryder Cup. That's the only thing we that, know for that sure. That actually might be the only time we've seen this year. It might yeah, it could be. In five years from now, what do you think will happen in five years from now? Honestly, I think it's the fact that we're talking about that he's been retired for three or four years. years. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure we're ever going to see him tee it up again. I know you don't count him out, whatever, because of what you've seen over the past 20 years. The, the tone that he was striking, the quality of life aspect of it, I'm not sure he's going to play again. After three a, back surgeries in 19 months. I'm not a gambling man. But is that you, So you, you don't think at any point over the next six months or a year that proud champion from... 20 to 35, the guy who just squashed people in. I mean, there's not, there's no great moment left in this guy. Is there not? Would well, we think there are no more great moments I, left in the greatest player that we've seen in our lifetime? There is the potential <laughs> for great moments. 
Right think, now, that's the great unknown. I think best case scenario, really for him, is he has some kind of Pete Sampras moment where he wins that final major like Sampras did in 02 at the US Open and then walks away and says, I'm done. That's it. I won, I won the Masters at 43 and I, I'm, I'm just done. I'm done. And I, if he could win one more major, I think that would be great. It'd be his, I, it'd be I, his I, greatest accompaniment like Rex was yeah, talking about. And I don't know if he gets there. I think, and if you, we still may be wondering if he's ever going to reach Sam Snead. Is he going to catch Snead? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, that three years ago, was, I'd have bet my yeah. house. I'd have bet yeah. your house. Yeah. I'd, I'd have bet all of our collective houses that he's passing Sam Snead. houses. He's never going to dominate again. <laughs> Let, let's be honest. We're not going to see that guy again for the reasons that you and I discussed. One, we don't know that the motivation was there, how much work it would take. And two, the mountain is so much health. higher now. Yeah. He's got to beat these kids. That Jordan Spieth was 15 years old the last time Tiger won a major. Jason Day had just joined the PGA Tour. He was a rookie. And Rory McIlroy was two years away from joining the PGA Tour. They have never seen him anywhere near his best. He's not getting back to that. That said, I think he reaches Snead. All right, as we wind down the Tiger 40 podcast, let's throw it to some sound of some players wishing Tiger Woods happy 40th birthday. Happy birthday, Tiger. They told me it was your 40th. I thought it was a few more than that. But I uh, really enjoyed watching you. You've been an inspiration to all of us. Hey Tiger, I know you're turning 40 this year. Um, seems a long time ago now that you turned pro back in 96, but um, I hope you get healthy. I hope everything goes well um, over the new year, and we, we hope to see you back soon. T-Dub, 40s never look so good, but guess what? You're over the hill now, so happy birthday. You better enjoy it. T-Dub's old man, happy 40th. Um, I hope you have a great evening, and uh, it'll obviously be a great way to bring in the new year. So happy birthday to you, mate. Happy birthday, Tiger. I mean, you're an old man now, 40 years old, um, losing some hair, going gray. I mean, I feel bad for you, my man. Hope you, hope you enjoy that 40th birthday. Tiger, happy 40th. I'm not going to give you too much of a hard time because uh, I've got some gray hairs now too, but uh, at least I've still got some hair. 40s never look so good. Nobody's ever seen Mercer Bags sitting here at the uh, at the table for the. Who would think you're 40? All right, final thoughts here as we wrap up the Tiger at 40 podcast. I mean, look. So what what is what are you going to remember Tiger Woods? Let's say he let's say he does a, a Ryan Lavner and doesn't doesn't play again. What is what are you going to remember him for the most? Oh, changing the game. I mean, he, regardless if he reaches Jack or not, and the debate if he's the best ever or whatever the case may be, just, and you ran into it when you did your story, I'm sure you did as well, his impact on the game. Yeah. I mean, Arnold was the only guy that ever did this, and I think Tiger took it to a new level. He, he transcended golf. He transcended sports. He, he became an iconic figure in society. That's what he's going to be remembered for. Absolutely. He changed it forever. I'm also going to remember both the oppressive dominance and, of course, the, yes. the scandal and, and the night that changed everything with the Escalade and the fire hydrant. I think that's one of the seminal moments in, in golf history. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we didn't even really talk about that much, but, but you're right. I was putting Christmas lights up on my on my roof at my Start, house. Starting early? Yeah. yeah. And the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, it's, a, it's a coffin tradition. And the, the wife calls in and says, um, I don't know much about uh, about any of this stuff, but you might want to come in here. And then that, you know. Yell back. I'm putting up a, lights. <laughs> and then it got ugly quickly. But you're right. That night there uh, changed the course of golf history. Mercer. Tiger may ne never be the greatest champion of all time, but he was the most dominant player of all time. And I think without getting too sappy, uh, just it's been enjoyable to be able to cover his career yeah, and yeah. be part of his career, to have somebody like that 
in terms of us being able to cover the game, I think has been. Yeah, I, it's like watching Jordan. I, exactly. Yeah, I agree with you there. He, he may not be be remembered as the best, but I still think he hit the golf ball better than anyone ever than has. ever yes. than anybody ever hit it, especially in that year, the year 2000. 100%. Right, and he demoralized people. I mean, I don't think that even Jack did that. In his yeah. I mean, there yeah. was a there was a Jack effect on Sunday afternoons if he was on the leaderboard, but not to the extent that if guys glanced over their shoulder and oh. And you me. realize too, though, you know, how, not to 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 get sappy. I mean, we we got to cover Tiger Woods. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, inside the rope, standing there watching him. He's peanut butter sandwiches. I mean, how many, how many sandwiches have you seen him eat over the years, Rex? That was my first assignment, actually. Just, right, <laughs> scrolling down at Disney that, that first year he played it, how many peanut butter sandwiches and bananas he ate. Was... Attention to detail. That's the, that's the Rex Ogden <laughs> special. All right, that wraps it up for the Tiger at 40 podcast. We appreciate you joining us for Ryan Labner, Rex Hoggard. Mercer Bags, I'm Jay Coffin. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out all of our Tiger at 40 coverage at golfchannel.com. Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.